As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. I want to start with some statistics. There was a recent Gallup poll, and Gallup polls, they take a look at the state of where we're at on a certain subject. And so they talked about faith in America. And they gave this statistic from 1960. I don't remember 1960, but some of you do. And they said, in 1960, 93% of Americans believed in God. 93%. Nine out of 10. I mean, I don't know about you, but that, that's pretty good. And, but then they said, now, today it has gone down by 12 percentage points. So it's 81%. Now that doesn't sound so bad, but then they gave this statistic. They said that in the last six years, it's gone down 6%. So are you following the bouncing ball? In the last five years, it's gone down as much as it has in the last 55 years faith in God, belief in God. Why is that? Well, it's obvious we're becoming a secular society, but, but it's changing at a rapid rate. So if you dig into the statistics like I did this week, you'll find out that if we look at geography, that I was surprised. I'm like, where's the Midwest at? Because I mean, we're, 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 we're down the most, 8%. If you look at age demographics, Age demographics, probably no surprise, 19 to 29 is down 10%. That's the biggest drop. Surprised on this one. Women have dropped 7%. Men, that's all we got going for us. We only dropped three. But I mean, these numbers aren't good. If we talk about politics, which you know me, I don't want it. I I don't want to get into politics. but, But the truth is, If we look at liberals and conservatives, liberals have dropped 11%, conservatives 1%, Democrats 12%, and Republicans 3%, independents 3%. Houston, we have a problem. Like faith in God is going down, but you say, well, hold on, Ron. You're just talking about, um, you're not talking about faith of God in the Bible. Uh, Yep. You're not talking about faith in Jesus Christ. Yep, I know. But let me give you this final statistic. Did you know that Christianity is on the rise in every single country right now but two? Guess what the two are? North America and Europe. Those are the only two countries where Christianity is on the decline. So what are we going to do? I mean, how do we respond? Man, I'm so glad you asked. All those in the rooms and I can read you online, you're asking the same thing. What should we do? Well, I want to see our faith go up and to the left. Anybody with me? I don't want to see it go down to the right. Like, not on my watch, not where I'm at, not in the responsibility that God has given me here. I want to increase our faith. I want to see us step in and step forward and grow and And so how? 
Again, so glad you asked. Open your limitless guide to page 16. That's the guide that you got when you walked in. We're starting a new series. It's entitled Faith Without Borders. I am so excited about this series. And this series, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the book of Joshua. Now, we're not going to go through every chapter and every verse, but we're going to hit the mountaintops. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at what God is doing in these people as their faith was moving up and to the left in this book, the book of Joshua, and we want ours to do the same. The title of the message is, is simply Obedient Faith. You can see it there. Uh, excuse me. I read the wrong one. That's page 22. That's where we're going. It's... 16, page 16, courageous faith. And look up here for a moment. What I want to do is I want to give you the steps to cultivating and curating a courageous faith. And I'm going to give you steps today so that we can do it so that our faith can be on the rise. Now, if you look, isn't this book look great? Good stuff. It's got the message, uh, place for message notes. Like two people said it's good. Is this good? Our team put this together. It's, it's going to be helpful to you. So the, the verses are in there for each of the passages we're going to be studying. If you flip forward, you can see because the book of Joshua, the faith, it's got, I'm going to give you seven characteristics of a faith that's going up and to the left because we want our faith to increase. So if you look to, uh, next week on page 18, we're going to look at dynamic faith. We're going to study the, uh, the story of Rahab. And then you can see, you're going to be taking a lot of notes that time. Look, there's a lot of notes. I got a lot to say next week. And then we're going to turn the page and you're going to go to Joshua 3 and we're going to talk about obedient faith. And then if you keep going, and I won't go through all those, but we're going to talk about united faith. And, and there's seven characteristics of a faith that's growing, of a faith that is moving, of a faith that is going in the direction that we want, because that's what the book of Joshua is all about. And then we'll end with committed faith in Joshua chapter 24. And that's where Joshua said, he said, me and my house, we're, we're, we're what, man? We're serving the Lord. And so that's where we're headed. Now, many of you are aware, please pay attention, those online, many of you are aware that we've been in uh, an initiative, and so it's a generosity initiative. So a year ago, we said we're going to enter in. Anybody remember this? We said we're going to enter into this generosity initiative for two years. This is the midpoint. You can consider this like the refresh. And so this series is the midpoint to the generosity initiative. Now, why are we doing it? Well, I'm going to be as candid as I can with you guys. I'm going to sit down. I just want to be honest. The train has left the station. It has. This tells you what God's been doing. This shows you where we've been. And I want to praise God for all those that jumped on board over all across all locations, man. I'm, I'm doing this message is going to all of our locations. I want to just praise God. Can we praise God for those who jumped on? The train has left the station and, and it's going, man. And you can see, this is a, a little bit of a picture of snapshot. Man, what's going on? What's happening here? This is rocking, man. Whoa. But we're stopping. That's what this series is. This is a stop. And I know there's new people who need, they, they're like, whoa, what's going on here? I, you want, we want to get you on the train. You don't even have to buy a ticket. And we want you to jump on board. But then there's other people. And the truth is, for whatever reason, you didn't get on board a year ago. You haven't been on board. 
This is an opportunity for you to reevaluate that decision. I'm just being as honest as you can. Love the honesty here? Because what happens is we're going, man. It's going to get going. The doors are going to be closing very fast. And I want you to enjoy. I don't want you at the end of the year to look back and say, I wish I would have because you're going to miss out on what God's doing. He's at work. And he's amazing. And he's not only growing our faith as a church as we walk through the book of Joshua. He's growing our faith as individuals. Remember we said, God's got to do something in us before he does something through us. And so that's where we're headed. Who's excited? Come on, give me a, give me a clap. So let me read from Joshua chapter 1. And, and what I don't like about this is, if I've got to be honest, we put all the verses in here. I've been pleading with you guys to bring your Bibles. And now I make you do this. You say, what are the donuts for? Just hold on. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, I'm on page 16, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you just as I promised Moses, underlined promise, from the wilderness of this Lebethon. He's, he's giving us the the, the vastness of this area, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Look, he says it again. Hence the courageous faith being careful to do all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from the right hand or the left, that you may be good success wherever you go. Underline good success. Come back to that. We're going to see that again. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have, say it with me, good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Third time if you're counting. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, I pray for your blessing. I just even pray for some energy. Um, help me to share your word in a way that um, compels us to respond. And Lord, as we dig into this chapter and as we dig into this book today, I pray that you would be with us. We've already sensed your presence we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. May we be receptive to your word. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. amen. Okay, so we're talking about steps. The first step to cultivating and curating a courageous faith is that we're to trust in God's promises. And so that's the first thing we see is we see a trust in God's promises. It says in verse one, after the death of Moses. So Moses, the great leader, the one who led the people of God out of bondage in Egypt, he, he, he's gone, he kicked the bucket. He's no longer. And so here we're seeing the baton being passed. There's a new sheriff in town, his name is Joshua. And, and guess what's happening? They're moving into something. And, and so what, look what God says to Joshua, he says, Arise, I put it in capital. He says, go, I put it in capital. He says, into the land. I put it in capital because that's what he's saying to us. Get up, go, 
into the land. What's the land? Well, for those who have studied the Bible, maybe you went to Sunday school. I didn't, and you know that the land is the picture of the blessing that God wanted to give the Israelite people. But we also know, do you remember this? That they left the bondage of Egypt, and then they were supposed to go into the land. What was supposed to be a three to four month journey turned into how many years? 40 years. Why? May I suggest to you that it was a lack of courageous faith? That they wandered around in disobedience and they missed the opportunity that God gave them? That was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. That's what it says throughout the Old Testament. It's a picture of the blessing of Almighty God. So don't miss it. Double click on the land. The land is, it's the blessing of Almighty God right now for them. They missed it. They wandered in the wilderness. Maybe some of you have been wandering. I know I've wandered and felt like I've missed something that God wanted me to partake in. Anybody been there? I mean, that, that's the wilderness. And so if you want to help somebody out of the wilderness experience, if you want to get out of it yourself, that we've got to do what? We've got to trust in the promises of God. And so, what's the land for us? Don't want to miss this. You can't miss this. If you don't get this, then you're going to miss the whole series. What's the land for us? Well, two things. One is, and as you study the Bible, you'll see this. The possession of the land, it's a picture of the freedom we have in Christ that we have left the bondage of sin and shame. Yeah, come on. And we can step into the promised land and it's a picture of heaven and what we will be and who we are. Man, can we praise God for this last series that Pastor Craig led us through, Freedom in Christ? And so do you see it's a perfect pathway to now it's time to possess. We're free. Are you feeling free? It's time to possess what God wants. Chains have been broken. And so that's the big theological picture. But the secondary theological picture, we don't want to ignore. And so the land is a picture of the opportunity we have to step into what God wants for us as individuals and for us as a church. That's the picture of the land. And so I want that for you. I want you that for your family. I want you, if you're, if you're the head of your household, man, we got to step in. And so that's the land. Remember, Jesus said, I will give you the he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, Matthew chapter 16. Then do you know what he said next? I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. See, the keys are a picture of the authority and responsibility. It says to bind on heaven and to bind on earth, to loose on heaven and to loose on earth. That means we've got a lot of control. We've got a lot of opportunity. Guy with the keys, always guy in charge. You want that? You want the keys? And, and the keys are a picture of the authority that we have here to possess what God has made available to us. And so are we understanding the land is a picture of opportunity? Yes, eternally speaking, it's heaven and the glory that's coming. But right now, it's the expansion of the kingdom in my own heart, in my own home, in my own community, in my own church, in our own country, because we want faith to go up to the left, not down to the right. Are we getting it? And so look at the, look at the um, let's go back to the verses. Can we put the verses up? Um, the second set, please. 
um, because this shows us something. It's what's promised. So lay hold of that. God has promised you some victory, guys. And courageous faith takes it. Some of us were backing off. And, and so I love this picture because the land, for them, he gives the stats on it, and it's vast. It's over 56,000 square miles. It's the size of New York and Vermont. In depth, it's 140 miles. In breadth, it, or in, in length, it's over 400 miles. He, he tells us, he says, from the wilderness, that's the south boundary. From Lebanon, that's the north boundary. From Euphrates, that's, that's the east boundary. From the Great Sea, the Mediterranean, that's the west boundary. He's like, take it! So what's our land? Well, grab your book. Everybody got their book? Did you get your book yet? If you don't have a book, go ahead, raise your hand. There'll be an usher that'll get one in your hand. Okay, turn to page five. And I want to show you the boundaries of our land that God is giving because they're right here. And so in page five, it's got the specifics. And permit me to say that look at the four buckets, limitless influence. That's the southern border, guys. What's that? That's leveraging the influence and that God has entrusted to us. That's doubling down on discipleship. That's what we're about families. And, and this is a year we're committed to discipling our kids in this society and this country where they're going and hearing all this unbiblical truth. We want to double down on discipleship for families. Amen? Amen. That, that's what we want to do. And so Craig didn't mention it, but I, I was hoping he wasn't going to say it because I want to say it, that nine people got saved last night at the retreat up in our junior high and high school. Can we praise the Lord? Like that's, that's, the, that's the southern border, although they were north of here. What's the North Border? It's limitless opportunity. And it's expanding the reach in our communities. And praise God for at, at, um, the service that's going to be happening at High Point Espanol, right here in our location at, at 11 o'clock. Praise God for that. There's a service going on in Romeoville right now, uh, Spanish-speaking. Uh, I mean, praise God for that. There, there's opportunities. And again, I'm not going to go through all this. You can see it. Um, we were here. I see Bob Carlton is here. Bob, um, just stand for a brief moment. Um, please hurry. This isn't about you. Take the hat off, please. There. Okay, very good. Not everybody's a Sox fan, Bob. Okay, so, so, so Bob runs our High Point Send Network. And so we were just in um, Tucson with some of our pastors and, and two African pastors in our network who are, these guys I met, they're unbelievable. They're planting churches all over. I mean, these guys are amazing. There was a, the guy from Russia, can't say more, but the guy from Russia was there who's one of our hubs, and, and he said this is the worst time. We prayed over him. I, I can't even believe he got there. And we prayed over him. He said, this is the worst time I've ever seen in my life in, in Russia. We, I can't even tell you where he is. But he's at a seminary, and they're discipling leaders, planting them. That is the border. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the, and then let, go to limitless potential, that we're making the opportunity. So that's what, I don't know, that's the eastern border. And, and we have some plans to do some things. If you've been part of the initiative, you know, go look at the screen. There's some plans to build the care center and, and reduce some space that's pretty worn around here. And, and if people don't get on board, then this is the first bucket that gets cut. Are we realizing that? Like the truth today? If we don't get there, that's the bucket that gets cut. We're not going to do that. And so the last one's limitless legacy. It's the next generation that we have a heart for. And I mean, that's the Western border. 
hey, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. I was just over in Wheaton, and I'm here. Go back to Wheaton. Some people didn't get on board. Just didn't. For a lot of legitimate reasons. I, I mean, just sitting in this, I, I don't know. Last year, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know. If it, what, why are we doing all this? Coming out of COVID, we took some steps of faith. We didn't get everybody on the train, guys. Can I, anybody up for speaking truth? Yes, sir. I'm doing it like this because they can't see me on the screen now anymore. <laughs> But, but for whatever the reason was, I don't, I, I, uh, whatever reason, hey, listen, I get it. I wouldn't, be sitting, I wouldn't be sitting in the front row if I was coming to this church. I'd be in the back with the rest of those guys. You're skeptical. I understand. This is a stop midway. And I'm just telling you, I'm just sharing my heart with you. God's doing something. And I don't want you to miss it. And it isn't just about what's happening in our church. We've been saying this. God's got to do something in us before he does something through us. So I'm going to trust God for generosity, that we're going to go in generosity with our gifts and our time and our talent and our treasure. I was just talking to someone last week about they've never given to the church. And I sat down with them, a young adult. And I went through a budget. And, and, and we talked about it. And I'm going to start. We've got to trust in God's promises. We've got to move forward in what he wants. Good stuff? Yes, sir. Second step is this. We rest in God's presence. We can't do it. Say, I can't do it. I mean, you can't get free from that sin. You can't get rid of that guilt. You can't forgive that person that you want to, that you know you ought to. You can't do it. It's through him. And so this is why I love what God says to Joshua. He says, just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And so it's about his presence. Hey, have you heard of this thing that's going on in Ashbury, um, Kentucky? Have you heard this yet? Amen. I mean, it's an unbelievable revival. But God's there. God's here. See, theologically speaking, God's everywhere, right? Can't leave He's everywhere, but, but his manifest presence, we talk about that, where we felt him. Did you feel him in the worship set this morning? Yes. Well, he's being felt in Kentucky, of all places, and it's going on for weeks that Kentucky really needs it. I'm kidding. No, listen, this is an unbelievable thing, and it's, it's legit. I just talked to a friend who was there, and, and it's, it's intense, man. And I'm, just, I'm saying God is the ability to connect with us right now. That's his manifest present. And so how do we know that? Well, I just don't know it. I see it in the Bible. That's how my faith is informed. And so just like he said it, look, let's go through a couple of these because he says this a lot. He said it to Moses. And remember, Moses was at the burning bush in Exodus chapter three, and God told him, go save the people. Go get them out of Egypt. He's like, I can't do this, man. I don't know. I'm afraid. I don't know. And he couldn't talk. He stuttered. And, and God's like, hey, I'll be with you. And then look what he did. He said it to Abraham. And Abraham was given the original promise in Genesis chapter 15 to go, and this in Genesis chapter 12, that he's like, I'll show you. I'm with you. Hey, you don't know where you're going, but I'm gonna direct you. That's his present. God said it. We'll just trace it down. He said it to Isaac. And I love this one. I'm with you. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Some of us are afraid to take that step of faith in our homes. Some of us are afraid to share our faith with our neighbor. Some of us are afraid to just pray over someone who's going through a difficult time. 
fear not, I'm with you, man. It ain't you, it's me. And God said it to Jacob. Behold, I'm with you. God said it to Isaiah. This is one of my favorites. He's like, fear not, I'm with you. And God says it to us. Check this out. Matthew chapter 16, or excuse me, chapter 28. The Great Commission. All authority has been given to me, Jesus says, to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them. See, this is the, do you see, are you getting the picture now? This is the picture that we got land that we want to take. And there's hills that we want to go. And I'm just saying to you, if you don't get on board, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying you're going to miss out on an opportunity. And, and so the picture here is baptizing is about being saved, picture of evangelism, and discipleship is what we're committed to. It's about growing people up in the Lord. It's about growth group. We're doubling down here so we can go there, so we can go everywhere. And, and how do I know we can do it? Well, I've been trusting in this since, for 22 years since we started this thing. God was with us then. He's with us now. Are, are you catching this? I'm with you always, man. That, that's his manifest presence is on those who want to take the ground that he's giving to you. So that's where we're headed. Next step? Well, let's go to the next step that, that we reflect on God's faithfulness. So cultivating, curating, chose those words because it's going to take time. To, to get a, a courageous faith, it doesn't happen overnight. Now just for fun, everybody in here, if, you, if God has been faithful to you in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of pain, in the midst of agony, in the midst of whatever it is, if you've experienced God's faithfulness, put your hand up and all the hands go up. I wish you were here, you could see this online. Put your hand up in your family online. The reason I'm doing that is because it's a verbal, or well, not, okay, say God's faithful. faithful. It's verbal. And and what? It's, It's a physical representation. But I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear this right now. That you're going through a bad season. Maybe it's you personally, maybe it's with your kid. And you, you feel like throwing in the towel. Man, those hands are genuine and legit. God's going to get you through it. Because he's faithful. He, he just pulls us. And that's what we're trusting him for. He's just pulling us through. And, and, and so where do you see it in the verse? Look at verse 6, because we're a Bible church and we want to teach the Bible. And, and so do you see what he said to Joshua? For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore them. See, I said I was going to do it. And, and can you imagine Joshua right now? So he's like 60 years old. God, I used to think that was so old. And, 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 and somebody just said it is old. Ushers, take him out. I'm not 60. Okay, so listen. So, so what, what he said, though, is, Imagine Joshua, because do you remember? He was on the edge of the land 40 years prior. He was with Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. Uh, My son-in-law, his name is Joshua. His brother's Caleb. I remind him of he's got some possessing of the land. That that Do you you remember the story? That, that, That those guys came back with the 10 other spies, so 12 of them total. Two guys are like, let's go. 10 guys are like, no. And then I just, this is where the Bible sometimes confuses me. Because the other guys go, they're like, remember the insect? What do you say they're like? 
Anybody know? They're like, they look like, we're like grasshoppers compared to them. That's what it says in the text. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been scared in my life, but I ain't never calling myself a grasshopper. <laughs> it's like long-legged grasshopper. Like, that is not the word that's coming out of my mouth, that I'm a grasshopper. No, no, they were fearful. So they needed courage. So this is a deja vu moment for Joshua. For all those who think you missed it, for all those who think and you've been wandering and you've been wondering in that opportunity, that job, whatever it is, going back to school, getting into ministry, doing something, whatever it is, you think you missed it. Joshua is standing on the edge about to take it. I don't know about you, but if that doesn't like give you a chill, then you may be dead in the faith because that's what's happening. And God wants to give you and grant you the blessing of freedom in him for eternity and freedom in Christ for you and your family and, and that you could have some victories, but it's going to take work. And that's what we're going to get into over in the weeks ahead because our faith is going to have to grow. And, and so that's where we're headed. So Joshua is taking, he's moving forward into God's faithfulness. So let me give you a couple quotes. The first one is from cigar-smoking pastor. He says, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to light up. I mean, are you hearing what he's saying? I just said, whatever the sin is, it's not canceling out the faithfulness of God. Now, there may be some consequences for the moronic thing that you did. You may have been a real knucklehead, and you gotta live with those consequences, but God's gonna throw you through, and it's not gonna trump his faithfulness. And, and then look at this. I, I read this book, um, The Story of His Life, when I first became a Christian, Hudson Taylor. It, listen to this. All of God's giants have been weak men and women who have gotten hold of God's faithfulness. Say, I'm weak. Say it like you mean it. I'm weak. Man, there's nothing. I can't do this. You can't fix that situation. You can't put your marriage together. You can't get off of that thing. You can't start that thing. Like, you can't. It's through weak men and women that God accomplishes much. I just love that. So two more steps to this faith. So... I know a lot have been waiting for this moment. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't go to Dunkin' Donuts, somebody else did. And so what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna give two dozen donuts away. I'm gonna give it to some people. You know what, you don't need them, hold on. Your wife can take one. So I'm gonna give you these, now you take one. Craig, let's get some napkins over here and just pass it around. I don't have enough for all, I'm sorry. But I'm just gonna give these, I'm gonna give two dozen donuts, there's 24 donuts, so just go ahead, open the box, take one, give it to whoever you want. I don't have enough for everyone. And the, yeah, look at those, ooh, man, that's looking good. Oh, they're in heart one, don't take the heart one, please, that is so, there you go, oh, he took the pink heart, okay. No judgment here. Oh, okay, so some of you are gonna eat some donuts, not all of us. Some are taking some donuts right now with some sprinkles and they have a lot of calories in them and they're totally unhealthy for you. 
and it's not a good thing. There's nothing positive in eating that donut. It's just wasted calories, but don't let me dissuade you from eating it. But the rest of us, you know what we're choosing to do? We're not eating those donuts. We're not eating that because you know what we're doing? You're feeding on the physical. We're feeding on the spiritual. Come on, amen? And I may not be eating a donut because I don't want any extra calories, but I'm being fed spiritually. So go ahead and eat those donuts. Go ahead, take a bite of your, take a bite of your heart-shaped donut, sir. Oh my gosh, this is only in Naperville. Okay. And so, so why would we want to feed on God's word? That's the next step. Well, because of good success. And that's what it says in the text. And good success doesn't mean you're going to be an influencer on Facebook or any other social media platform. Good success doesn't mean that you're going to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Good success doesn't mean that you're going to win the lottery. Good success means you're going to grow in wisdom and Christian character and maturity and faithfulness. That's the good success. And we see it two times in the passage. I asked you to underline it. And and so, but the next thing is... um, then you'll make your way prosperous. So two reasons in the text that I want to feed on God's word, that I'm going to have good success. I started reading this book at 27 years old. I never put it down. Anybody with me? Like, I love this book. I've committed my life to teaching this book. I've been committed my life to try to live this book and then teach you to live it too. And prosperous, it doesn't mean, again, it, doesn't, it has nothing to do with economic status. It doesn't have to do with fame and fortune. What prosperous the picture here is, it's a picture of the maturity and growth in Christ, in God. It's a picture of insight and wisdom. As I look at, across the crowd, there's some gray hairs in here. and Man, you've got some wisdom, and you've, you've, you've been through some things, and you've studied God's word, and you've experienced, and man, I want that. I don't want your gray hair. But, but I want that maturity, and I want that insight, and I want that knowledge. That, that's why we do it. So how do we do it? Let's look at the text. Three things. How do we do it? Well, we have to grow in our desire to obey. We've got to become more obedient. That's why it says be careful to do according to all that is written in it, all of it. Don't just the things you like. Second reason, right in the text, you see this? That we've not only got to become, we not only have to have a willingness to obey, but we have to have a willingness to persevere through the difficulties. That's why he says, hey, don't turn from it to the right or the left. And so not only do we need a willingness to obey and a willingness to persevere, we need a willingness to become like a cow. Just threw you on that one. This word meditate, get to that. Third reason. If we double click, yes, it means to murmur to yourself like you're talking to yourself. Everybody doing that? Ever done that? Don't do it in here, but the, that's what it means. But then the other, way, the other picture of this word is it's, it's the idea of what a cow does, and a cow eats grass, and then a cow chews it, and it goes to the stomach, and then the, the cow goes to sleep and rests, and, and then somehow the cow regurgitates it. Sorry for those eating the donuts. And the cow's munching on it. And what is this process called? It's the cud. And so it's eating it again. So imagine last night's dinner, tasting it this morning. I'm just trying to get those people to barf those donuts out. 
but, but that's the picture. And we're having a little youth ministry fun to say that's what we should do with the word. Is that we should, we should constantly be chewing on it and feeding on it. Because it gives us all we need for life and godliness. And, and so that's the word. And so it's like this. Let me show you these pictures quick. It's like this. This is the word. It's, it's like milk that nourishes this is what the Bible says about it. It's, it's, like, it's like meat that strengthens. Going through these quick, this is what the Bible says. It, it's like a fire that refines in Jeremiah 23. And then it goes on to say, it's a hammer that humbles. And God's word, that's why we meditate on it. it it's like a sword that cuts. And, and it's like a mirror that reveals, uh, it, it reflects who we really are. I, I mean, that's why we, we, we study God's word. And so last step we need to all take, everybody, get on the board, get on the train, courageous faith, what's the last one that we rely on God's power? And so I'm gonna ask um, all of us to stand. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come forward. And, and I want us to think about relying because the phrase, three times we've seen it now. So we've seen this phrase three times. And, and the phrase is, be strong and courageous. And so those words, be strong and be courageous, it's not about who we are right now as I asked you to stand. You don't have the strength to do this. You don't have the courage to do it. You have to admit to God right now, God, I don't have the strength. God, I don't have the courage to accomplish what you're asking me to do. God, I don't. Can you say that? I don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to reconcile that relationship. I don't have the strength to forgive that person. I don't have the strength to share my faith. I don't have the strength. I'm not strong enough. I'm not courageous enough. But that's the picture. And you say, well, yes, I am. Then you're not taking a big enough step of faith. Because God, God wants you to lean on him. And so this is a picture of the strength that God wants to give and the courage. And so as we walk through this study, um, we're gonna see the next six messages are all about the steps that they had to take to become strong and courageous. And then there's the dividing the land. We're not gonna get much into that. That's chapters eight through like 23. And so they divided the land and possessed it. And then we're gonna get to 24, chapter 24, where, where they had the committed faith, where, where they were able to to grab hold of what God wanted. So what step do you need to take today? As the worship team sings over us, maybe it's trusting in a promise that he's given to you. Maybe it's, maybe it's just simply, man, I just gotta rest in his presence. And I'm just exhausted. Maybe it's, can we reflect on the faithfulness of God, amen? He's been faithful. Whatever it is, do it now, sing with us.